But I heard a story the other day of a guy who needed healing. He was at a church. And, uh, you know, the, the, the pastor says, okay, we're, gonna, we're just going to pray for healing today. The guy ran up to the platform and says, I need prayer for my hearing. I need prayer for my hearing. So the pastor, just with passion, licked both of his fingers, you know, doing what Jesus would do. And just stuck him right in his ears and with passion. I mean, we're talking Shandai should have made a bow tie. Hallelujah. Speaking tongues. Have a good time. Prayer. I mean, and so the pastor goes, well, how, how, how's your hearing now? He's like, um, I don't know. It's not until next Thursday. I was hoping you guys would get that. That's my favorite joke. Oh, Father in heaven, help us. <clears throat> Turning your Bibles to Luke chapter 2, verse 14. I'm starting a series today called The Goodness of God. Every year, I do two pr primary sermon series that are staples in our church. One about relationships, which will start in February. We got something really, uh, a, good, a good thing planned um, for married folks this coming uh, February. Um, typically, we would do a Valentine's comedy night but we're gonna flip it a little bit because we believe God's doing something new. And we wanna, we wanna try something different this February. Instead of doing a comedy night, we're gonna be uh, encouraging married couples and those who are looking for their significant other, right, to uh, participate in a, in a track of things that we've gonna, we're gonna do all month long together. Okay, it's gonna be really, really neat. Um, and then every November, <clears throat> we always start a series on worship. What it means to worship. Why do we worship? Um, all these kinds of things. But this year, I want to talk about, instead of why, let's talk about who we worship. How many of you guys believe that God is good? Even when he doesn't seem like he's good, he's still good. And it's a trap that a lot of believers fall into a lot of the times when we, um, when we don't see things happening in our lives our experience now begins to determine and, and begin to shape our thinking about who God is in our lives. So we turn around and we say, well, God's not doing this in my life, so therefore God must not be happy with me. God doesn't love me. God doesn't care for me. All these kinds of things. Well, if we really truly believe that God is good, we have to make a staple foundation in our hearts that God is good no matter what is happening in our lives. No matter if he answers a prayer or doesn't answer a prayer. How many of you realize that God's no is just as important as God's yes for you? You may not like his no, but it doesn't mean that it's not the right answer for us. And these are just little lessons that I've still learning how to grow confident in, but have happened in my life and, and some things that, man, God, why, why didn't this happen? Why didn't this happen? But we're not going to talk about the why didn't it happen. We're going to talk about God's goodness and why he's good. In Luke chapter two, verse 14, I know it's not Christmas time yet, but I'm excited for Christmas. More than that, I'm excited for my birthday in eight days. So just remember that. <laughs> I'm just teasing. I'm playing with you guys. Really, I am. Uh, again, uh, I posted a video this last week, but Kristen and I just say thank you so much for our pastor's appreciation gift. And and uh, all of you who gave cards and, and uh, showed your love towards us and the pastoral staff, thank you so much. You guys are amazing, okay? Uh, but Luke chapter 2, verse 14, this is a depiction 
of, what, of who God is from the very beginning, of who Jesus is from the very beginning. Luke chapter two, verse 14 says, glory to God in the highest and on earth. What's it say? Peace, goodwill towards men. Now, I know it's not Christmas yet, but this verse has much more to do about the intention of Jesus rather than the birth of Jesus. You see, before the birth of Jesus, sorry about that. Before the birth of Jesus, the world in that time was at its darkest moments in history. Scholars have actually said and coined it as the year of crisis. They call it the year of crisis. Now, I want you to picture with me these angels that showed up in a field, okay? And they all showed up. Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be pretty nervous if a big post of angels showed up, right? And just out of nowhere, just went boom, bright light. You guys know what I'm talking about? I'd be pretty, pretty scared, okay? And all at the same time, resounding with the same voice, all said and declared the birth of Jesus Christ, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, declared he is peace and goodwill towards men. That Jesus is peace and goodwill towards men. And when that happened, two things happened on that day that would shape our spiritual New Testament spiritual journeys, if you will, in our walks with the Lord. Two things happened. Number one, the men at that time experienced Jesus in a new way. They experienced him and they saw with their eyes. They experienced and they saw. Turning your Bibles to Psalms chapter 34, verse eight, and this is where we're gonna pick up some steam. I promise you I won't keep you long, okay? Because I wanna watch the Packers beat the Vikings just as much. I listen, I wish I could say, I wish I could. We'll see. Maybe I'll eat my words tonight. I hope so. Right, Jen? I know. I'm sorry. I'm not going for the Packers. I'm just trying to be a realist. Skull. Sorry. Okay. Anyway, the Bible says in, in, in Psalms chapter 34, verse eight, verse eight, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good and blessed is the man who trusts in him. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Bless in the, the man who trusts in him. The greatest way to have an understanding and confidence in knowing God's goodness, number one, is to taste and to see that he is good. Taste equals and resembles experience with Jesus. It is vitally important that we learn to taste Jesus experience him, right? And it's important that we learn to perceive him as good. See, your experience will shape the way you see God and vice versa is true. How you perceive God will be the extent of your experience with him. So let's talk about this. I believe that experience matters to Jesus. I think for a long time, we've, the church in general has come into a place where we wanna know about God, but we're unwilling to know God, to feel him. I don't know about you, but today in worship, I felt Jesus. What's Jesus feel like? For me, it's different for everybody, right? For me, I get the EBGBs, like I got it right now, right? I get, I get, sorry, thanks 
for that laugh. I get, I get, the, I get the, what they call the chicken skin, you know what I'm saying? The whoo, ha, huh, you just know, my spidey senses kick in, okay? You know what I'm saying? I'm going, whoo, aware, something's happening. How can somebody be aware of God's presence? It's because you've experienced him and you've spent time with him. See, to really understand what God is like, we have to truly experience him and not knock off the experience of God as something that is just an emotional hype. Oh, those, they're in the flesh. Oh, we do away with those people because, you know, we need to know the word. Now, listen, I'm not, I'm not, we're going to get there. Okay. I'm not knocking the word, but let me tell you, knowing the word of God and experiencing the word of God is equally important for every believer's life. We have to know him and we have to experience him. See, to really understand what God is like, we have to experience. And I'm sorry to say that knowledge about him is not the same as knowing him. See, back in the 90s, I'm an 80s baby, but I remember the 90s the most with my Christian walk with Jesus. Well, I'm actually a 70s baby, but... Back in the 90s, though, something changed with worship. Does anybody remember kind of the feeling of what happened if you were alive during that time? Say we moved to singing about God to singing to God. And it was pretty noticeable. God did some pretty amazing things in the 90s. God poured out his spirit in Brownsville, Florida. Anybody remember this? Poured out his spirit. It, was a, it wasn't just like it wasn't just like, boom, bam. No, it was, a, it was a call to salvation and repentance. That's what Brownsville, Florida is known for. The revival there was a call to repentance and a call to come back to Jesus. Now, in the middle of all that, God's spirit moved in such a way where it was uncontainable. It spread like wildfire. If you're like me and you went to Brownsville, Florida, I waited in line for about an hour to get into church. In line. Of course, I didn't mind because it was Florida. But the bugs in Florida are much different than the bugs here in Wisconsin. And that was not fun. I'm glad you, I'm glad you laughed because you probably know. Right? Something happened in Toronto, Canada, where God's presence moved out and fell in a very powerful way. And things were happening. And that began to set the course of our worship in a different way. Before then, we were singing, going up to the high places. Now we're singing, we live in the high places. Before we were singing, we were singing about how God is good to talking to him saying, you are good. We were singing, you came from heaven to earth. You came from heaven to earth to show. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay. To actually saying heaven is in me. There is a transition that took place. And I believe people begin to taste that God was good. They begin to have experiences with him. See, we move from he is good to you are good. Now, I have this muffin here. <clears throat> I love muffins. Full disclosure, I, I was supposed to have an apple this morning, but I forgot it at my house. So I set it on the apple muffin. It's kind of like broccoli with cheese on it, right? It's, it's broccoli, but you still got cheese on it, right? It's still a, still a vegetable. So I got this muffin here. Now, I can describe to you how good this muffin really is, right? 
I can tell you how awesome this is. Slap this sucker in the, in the microwave 30 seconds, warm it up, put some butter on it. Mm, mm, mm. I can eat, I'll eat it in, I won't eat it in front of you, okay? I can eat this and I can describe to you every, every, everything, every signal that my taste buds are giving to you, or giving to me, not to you, but giving to me, right? I can describe this the best that I can to have you have an experience with this muffin. But the reality is, until you take a bite of this, you will fully never know what it's like, what this muffin really tastes like. And this is what God is like. We want to know what, how good he is. We want to believe how good he is. But Jesus is here this morning and he's saying to you, just take a bite. Taste first, taste and see. You gotta have the experience before we can have the perception. We have to taste what God is like so our mind can come up, become aligned with his goodness. When we taste the Lord and we taste his goodness, what we're doing is we're setting up monuments in our walk with the Lord so we can go back to when things aren't going really well. When, when, when we feel like God is not there, when we feel like God is distant, here's God, there's my experience with him. And we're over here, come on somebody, this is real life. We're over here and we're going, God, how come you're not answering my prayer? God, how come you're not doing X, Y, Z, fill in the blank? God, I hope this person gets elected. God, who? And then all of a sudden we become so distracted with the things going on in our lives that we've actually forgotten what God it tasted like. And God, those experiences set up a monument for us to go back when things are feeling dry on the inside, to go back to and remember, God, I remember that time when you did this for me. I remember that time when you did that for me. The Bible puts it like this in Isaiah chapter 46, verse nine, out of the new international version. It says, remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. So whenever doubts start creeping in, I want you to know something this morning, that God is not afraid of your doubts. <laughs> the Bible says, seek me, find me when you seek me with all your heart. There has to be a little bit of question in there in order to get the answer. Come on, somebody. God's not afraid of your doubts. God's not afraid of your questions. But what we need to do, instead of making the question God, make God God and come back to the time when he did something in our lives so we can remember that he is true and he is good through all of it. These are the things that I like to do personally when things are starting to feel dry. I like to personally go back to these monumental times that Jesus and I had experienced together. I tasted him. I'm gonna share a few stories with you if you don't mind. Do you guys mind? Good, it's gonna happen anyway. It was about 2005 in my life, and I remember <clears throat> I was in a place in my life, okay? I was, a little, I was younger, I was in my 30s, and, 
And uh, I was in a place in my life where I was really starting to transition a little bit, okay? Transition from being on staff and pastoring and these kinds of things. And God, it felt like God was like doing something different in me. And I was really uncertain. I was really unsure. And you know, me, you got to know me. I, 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 I'm an emotional guy, if you haven't can tell by now, right? Okay. It's out there. You don't have to guess very far how I'm feeling. Is this here for you? Okay. And so I was just like, man, God, and it was really bringing me down because I was like, man, God, I don't know what to do here. I don't know what to do there. I was kind of a, at a loss of direction, loss of hearing God. I was at a loss of, of, of fully uh, going in a direction that I felt like God um, moving me into. And I remember having this dream back in 2005 where I fell asleep and an angel of the Lord came to me in my dream. Now I'm going to say some things. You're going to go, there's no scripture verse about that. I'm just want you to know something that this is an experience. I tasted what God had for me. So an angel of the Lord came to me in my dream, took me by the hand. He says, Hey, you want to go to the warehouse? And I was like, yep, <laughs> let's go. He took me by my hand. And in, this is a dream now. In my dream, how many of you guys know, how many of you guys believe that God still speaks to dreams? Amen. Right? Okay, so, because it's true, by the way. And I didn't, not, don't believe me, just read the Bible, it's true. And it's going to be even more pertinent when the last days are really starting to go. Okay? So get ready for the supernatural activity in your life. So, angel took me by the hand, went up to this warehouse. I, I, I got to this uh, got to this place where there's a door, there's a doorkeeper. He had a big book about this big and uh, he opened it up and he says, name, Jacob Wallace. <laughs> oh, great, Jake. We've been expecting you. I was like, all right, cool. So the angel took me through this doorway, led me down about five rows, took me down this row and, and got me to this three tier shelf, Home Depot. Think Home Depot shelf. Okay. Three tier, but huge, full of tools. I mean, full of tools, full of tools. Angel got a lift out. I don't know why an angel to lift. He could fly. We got a lift out, got up there, went, reached to the back, grabbed this tool from the very back of the top shelf, brought it back down to me, blew on it. Dust flew everywhere. And he says, Jake, we've been waiting to give this one to you for a while now. It wasn't time then, but now it's time now. And it was a multi-tool. It had many multi-tools. It was white, with tra almost transparent white, okay? It was, I could see clear. It was kind of glowing like this. And, and, the, and, and this specific tool had a long staff to it, and it had all kinds of multi-tools to it. So it could flip out this certain thing, flip out this certain thing, flip out this certain thing, flip out this certain thing. And I had the feeling in my dream of what is happening right now. You know, kind of like when you're getting ready to jump off something or do something a little daring, you're really excited, but yet you're nervous at the same time. So I had that feeling and I went, man, God, what is, what is happening right now? What is going on? And the angel just said to me, don't worry, it's going to be okay. This tool is for you for the next assignment for your life. Take it and use it. And I was like, boom. And I just woke up. I was like, whoa, baby. I woke up feeling supercharged, ready to rock and roll. Now, 2005, later on, here we are. I know that that tool has been growing in my life of things and gifts that I can do in certain places and certain times, and God is cre still creating in me to, to continue to sharpen those gifts. 
So anytime there's a, uh, somebody that needs healing, guess what? I have that tool. Why? Because I was given the tool. Moving in confidence because of an experience, because of a monument set up in my life. It was 2014. I remember this one like it was yesterday. It was 2014. I was feeling extremely drained from ministry. People, people bothering me. <laughs> Pastor, you're a... You, you can't say that. People don't bother you. Yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> just, I mean, it just was bad. I was back in Springfield, Illinois, and I was getting, I was feeling the nudge to change direction and change something and go into a place, and I was feeling really down. People were speaking this and telling, saying this, and I just had no clarity. I felt so alone. Have you guys ever felt that way before? I felt so alone. I remember going to sleep that night. God just works in dreams with me for some reason. Had this dream. A light came to me. I'm not going to say it was an angel because I'm not for sure. A light came to me, grabbed me by the hand, says, let's go. Boom. And like a rocket, I took off. Now, some of you are going to go, yeah, this is stretching it. It's okay. You can think that. I love you anyway. I got up there. I got up to heaven. The Lord brought me to heaven. And he says, I, I felt like it was the Lord. Okay, I couldn't see his face, couldn't know what was happening. But I felt like it was the Lord. And he said, he said do you want to go see your mansion? It's like, absolutely. So I walked down this pathway. It was only fit for two, me and him. So I'm walking down this pathway. The, the pathway that I was on was like white, transparent. Like you're just walking on, like you're basically gliding on this thing. It was white, transparent. There's grass all around. And when I put my foot, of course, I was barefoot. When I put my foot in the grass, the grass came alive and it actually enveloped my foot. And it brought peace to my feet called the gospel of peace. So there it was. It enveloped me. I walked up to my door of this mansion, opened, opened the white picket fence, okay? Kind of looked like Andy Van Dyken's house. White picket fence hauled around, but the, but, the, but the white was clear, transparent, translucent, okay? Opened the door, walked up, to my, walked, up to my, uh, walked up to my door. There was a little door handle. You know those kinds you go like this? Little door handle made of solid gold. The door was made up of solid gold, about three inches thick. The door handle was made of solid gold. He says, you want to go inside? I said, yes, sir. Went inside, floors, totally white, translucent. Right, I looked over to the left, there was a, a, a gold wall. Everything was just gold-plated all over the place. I looked over to the right, there was a room over there, okay? I wanna say that's where Jesus and I are gonna watch the Vikings play. Okay, but it's, it's over there, and, and, and it was totally gold, right? I looked over to the kitchen, totally gold, and in walked my boys, Caleb and Samuel. And they go, Dad, what's up, Dad? I was like, hey, what's going on? They were just little boys at that time. They were wearing white robes with gold-plated vests. I looked at the Lord, and he says, this is the mansion that I'm preparing for you, Jake. Then he, he had this white robe with a gold-plated vest and a sword. And he says, Jake, I want you to know that I'm proud of you, and I love you, and keep running the course. He took off his gold-plated vest and he put it on me and he handed me his sword that he was carrying and he gave it right to me. And he says, now go and do what I've called you to do. Then I woke up, boom, I forgot the next day was Sunday, it was church day. 
Totally forgot. Needless to say, when I got to church, I was just praying for people. Man, stuff was just happening. Bam, 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 bam. Why? Because I had an experience with the Lord. 1997, last story. 1997, 96, 97. Kristen and I were in school together, and we were in Indiana at a church that we were ministering because we used to travel all the time. And we were just worshiping. This had nothing to do with me feeling depressed or feeling yucky or feeling gross. It's just a cool experience, right? So we're, we're worshiping before, our, before that service. It was just a day that we had just to hang out. So we're just worshiping. And uh, long story short, what felt like 30 minutes of worship was actually three hours. And we were just worshiping together, right? And somehow, some way, it felt like I got translated into the throne room of God. And in the throne room was just a big party going on, okay? When I say party, I mean, okay? If you don't know what that is, it's club music, okay? I mean, it was just, I mean, it was just, I mean, just a party. Angels were crowd surfing. I'm not lying, okay? Whatever. I looked over and I see Kristen. Hey, what's going on? She's like, hi. And then about three, four other people from our team, we had a team of 16, from our team were in the throne room together. So when we came out of it, we snapped two, we started sharing our testimonies. Our director asked, did you guys sense anything? Because I think he was there too. And each of us shared the same experience. And we went, yeah, I saw you over there too, Jake. You were dancing with the angels. I saw you over there, over there too, Kelly. You were I remember this. I remember that. Did you see me? I was like, yeah, I saw you. And just us four had this experience collectively together. These are monuments in my life that I can go back to whenever I start feeling like God doesn't care or love me anymore. That's why it's extremely important that we learn to taste God to have an experience with him. I can tell you those stories like I can tell you about this muffin, but you'll never know for yourself till you have a bite yourself. God wants you to experience him. Amen? God still cares about you feeling him tangibly, experiencing him so you can recognize him. And it's important that we don't allow our thinkers to denounce the experience. However, we do have minds. Amen? God loves our minds. He loves our thoughts. And he loves what we think. And if we can just learn how to shift our thinking, it will help position us for confidence and boldness to declare his goodness. See, our boldness to declare and demonstrate. If I Kaylin, come back up. Our boldness to declare and demonstrate who he is in a given situation is seriously impaired if we're not confident of what he is like. When the boldness that is, our, that is normal within the one filled with the Spirit of God diminishes, it costs us dearly. It is often our boldness that draws them in to an impossible situation. When we know what he is like, we will be able to represent Jesus as the manifestation of God's peace and goodwill towards men. 
when we come before him because we've tasted and seen and we allow him to work in our minds and shift our thinking that I know, listen, I wish, praise God, I wish I had an answer for everything that God, you feel, should do for you but doesn't. I wish I had, trust me, I'd sell that book in a heartbeat and make a million dollars the next day. But instead of all that, my choice is to just settle and be confident and know that he is good through every situation in my life. No matter what happens on Tuesday, guess what? He's still gonna be good. See, and sometimes we just need to repent. And the church has been taught for a long time that repentance equals feeling sorry for your sin. That's not true. Repentance is turning towards God, not just away from something. You guys hear what I'm saying? Repentance is turning towards God, not just from something. Yes, you have to start with turning from something, but you better turn towards God, because if you don't turn towards God, the next morning, you're gonna be right up at the same place, feeling sorry again for your sin. It's all about right here between these two ears and what's happening. And when God gets a hold of this, our perception can change to align with who he is and his goodness. I think sometimes, myself included, we just need to repent of our stinking thinking. We need to repent of the thoughts that are not of him. Especially when it comes down to us. I can't afford to live my life with a thought in my head that's not in his. I can't afford to live my life with a thought in my mind that's not in his mind about me. So help us, Jesus. See, what is God saying? What's he saying to you? And if you don't know verbally, like what he's speaking over your life, if you haven't had yet that experience with God that you so long for, go to the word of God. Because the Bible will, listen, it is the foundation. The word of God, the Bible, in all its red letters and black letters, and all in between, every quotation, period, and exclamation point, is there for our building. We have to stay true to the word of God. And when you don't feel like you're there and you're kind of having a hard time remembering the experience, go to the word of God and declare what the word of God says over your life. I'm a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are brand new. Come on, that'll start changing your mind a little bit if we position our mind to think that. So what is God saying? just felt like I needed to declare this this morning that I'm finished. What is God saying to our church, to the church today? See, I believe the church in general, in its wholeness, is about ready to experience a breakout year in 2021. It's definitely going to be a new era, a new way of thinking, a new way of doing, a new way of expecting, a new way of seeing, Jesus is getting ready to come back for his church. I believe that that's why this election is important. Listen to me, not because of a candidate, but because of a calling. 
Come on, that'll preach. Not because of a candidate, but because of a calling. Our nation, the United States of America, has had an apostolic calling, a mandate on its life. And that apostolic calling over years and years and years has been tucked away and even hijacked. Before the United States, before the United States was the nation that sent missionaries, number one on the list, preach the gospel. It was operating in its apostolic calling. Now the United States is one of the nations that missionaries get sent to to be preached to. Number one, India. And I'm telling you what God's doing. I believe this, that God is beginning to reposition the United States for a new apostolic movement in our country to be the forerunners of the new thing that God is going to do. I'm not saying the other countries don't matter, but what I'm saying is we matter. And God is throughout. Why do you think all this stuff is happening right now? Why do you think it is? It's because the enemy knows the countdown's ticking down. Why do you think there's civil unrest? It's not because of any other reason, but just because the enemy loves to kill, steal, and destroy so that way the church can diminish its life. I'm here to tell you right now that America better wake up because our church and the church is getting ready to rise back to life again. Back into his apostolic anointing and calling. I don't care who's president. That has nothing to do with it. Because God is God and he's going to do whatever he wants to do, when he wants to do it, and how he wants to do it. My responsibility is to say yes and amen. So I can see and taste that he is always good. You know what's going to have to happen after Tuesday? Everyone's predicting, there's going to be this. There's going to be civil war. There's going to be all this kind of stuff going on. Maybe, maybe not. Right? I know it's going to happen with me. I'm going to wake up in the morning. I'm going to take a deep breath, no matter who's winning. And I'm going to say, you know what, God? Today's another kingdom living day. There's still people that need to be ministered to. There's still people that need to be healed. There's still people that need to be delivered. And guess what? I hold the key. Why? Because when he went to heaven, he gave me the keys to go and freely unlock. That's what we get to do when we remember that he is good. This muffin's not God, okay? Remember that he is good. Amen? Amen? Father, we love you so much today. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your presence in our heart and our lives. And God, I pray and I ask. I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith. God called us to be believers, not just thinkers. So I'm going to ask you to take a step of faith by an action here this morning. I'm going to ask if you would like some kind, no matter what it is, a taste and see moment with a taste moment with God this week, some type of experience, a taste moment with God. If you would like that, will you just raise your hand real quick and put it right back down? Yeah. Jesus, you see the hands. And God, I just pray that this week, God, 
whether it be by dream, whether it be by vision, whether it be by somebody tangibly walking up to him and giving him a prophetic word, whether it be something, God, I just pray in Jesus' name that you see the faith that's here, God, even the little mustard seed faith, God, for the little things, God, I just pray in Jesus' name that you would just answer, God, and you would bless, Father. We love you, Jesus. God, and I do pray for our country. I pray that our country will come back to its rightful calling in leadership, in the Christian walk. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. We bless you. In your name we pray, amen.